Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook. And hey, speaking of that, Nick, let's jump into it before we get into buy and sell because Hyperclean Specialist Group has been pretty cool lately. A lot of yeah. great comments and questions. One of it, before we get started on everything else, is a question from Ryan Martin posted in the specialist group. Here's what he asked. You chimed in with a great question, but let's go over it real quick because this is perfect for people to hear. All right, so question from Ryan Martin. When using cleanse and ceramic snow in conjunction exactly, how would that work together? both in a foam cannon or a wash bucket, right? Would you use cleanse first for the deep clean? Stop, come off with the ceramic snow? Would you ceramic snow first? What would be the process mixing ceramic snow and cleanse inside of the wash process? Yeah, so I would never mix the two. And I, this is kind of what we said is that, you know, when you look at a product like cleanse, you're trying to do a, you know, a variety of different things and terminology out there. You're trying to clean up a neglected coating you're trying to prep a car for wax sealant, uh, paint correction, PPF application, doesn't matter. It's basically a decon soap. That's what, you know, strip soap is what we used to use back in the day would be with strip soap would be what we started with decon soap, whatever the case may be. It's a stronger soap. It's trying to strip the surface and get a lot of gunk off. I love cleanse when my car is really dirty, right? Uh, you know, we had a bunch of rain out here. We kind of get that, uh, muddy rain because of the dust out here. Your car gets super dirty. Let's say you just have a spray sealant on it. You know, you haven't got a chance to coat it. Cleanse is perfect, right? Strip the surface back down, put some slick on top of it. Roll. I personally said in my comment, I wouldn't use ceramic snow in that process. Then he asked a better question. Well, what if I sprayed it after I got done with that process and let it dwell? Hey, there you go. Be a good use of ceramic snow. But I think in October, we got a product that might be, you know, more aligned with strip it down, make it easier on yourself type of coating product. I personally just would never use those two things together. And my answer was the next time I came back to that car, I would use a product like ceramic snow to maintain it. So again, you could do it, but I'd rather use cleanse and then go to slick than cleanse and go to ceramic snow. That just hasn't how my mind works. I'm not going to refoam the car, but it would be efficient. So I'm not against it, but I think you brought up a good point. It's, it's just a variety of things you can do. But when I use cleanse, I'm usually prepping or deep cleaning a car. That would be the reason I'd use cleanse. Yeah, I think the only time I've used ceramic snow after cleanse would be if I want to clay with snow, right? So I'm going to come yeah. in, clean it with cleanse, get it all stripped down. And then if I'm going to be clay barring the vehicle and I'm not going to be coating it, but I still want to clay bar it, I'm going to put down, shoot it back with ceramic snow. And I get it. Yeah, we can use different things for lubrication i'm just saying yeah. if i'm going to use those two i would use ceramic snow then and use it as a clay lube it's going to put down some protection at the same time come back rinse it and you're right there's a really cool product going to be releasing in november but for now they could october you sorry i november, messed that dude. up all the time hey, he's saying I? this behind the scenes too Golly. it's september we got 
a product launching today and next month we're going to be reliant on what comes after september marty december it, it's october oh you i thought it was christmas months here dude i went to lowe's this weekend they already got black santa out and white santa already both of them are out really oh we couldn't believe it both right as you walk in right as you walk in both are out that's crazy what is I haven't, going even on? Had, haven't even had i mean they Isn't put the halloween, halloween stuff over to the side so then you got Thanksgiving. So we're just we're just booting those two out. Man, Christmas makes so much money, they just want to get it underway. They're like, you know what? We can sell all your Christmas gifts right now. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. It was. But you know, again, that it was a great question. But cleanse, see, I would still clay with cleanse because I think cleanse has great lubrication for a decon soap. So um, but it's great that everybody uses everything a little different in their process. But it's also great that somebody's trying to understand the different chemistries and, hey, what would you do here? And so it, that's why we always encourage people, go to the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. Yeah, great question, Ryan. And others of you that do have questions about the products, as Nick says, go put it in there. And, hey, if it's a great question, might get a little bit of airtime. So, uh, all right, let's get into some buy and sell. Should be a fun one. I am sipping on today a little Dos Equis. Lime and salt, and uh, I bought one of their little packs where you get to sample a couple different ones, and this is the Dos Equis Lime and Salt. I like Dos Equis. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I remembered in the past you used to drink a little yeah, bit yeah. of Dos Equis. I, I like Dos Equis. Yeah, why not? I mean. The the light, the, no, the I lager like the, or the uh, amber? The amber was good. I like them yeah. both. I hmm. mean, I think Dos Equis makes a good beer. Yeah, they do. You know, plus they had the, the greatest commercials. That dude was a, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> hey, that was a great commercial bit. Again, another beer commercial company that just ruined it, right? Like, it's like Budweiser. Guys, just get back on the commercial kick. They used to be the best. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to buy. First of all, everybody knows I'm a fight guy. This was an unbelievable weekend in Vegas. Canelo and Triple G. Plus, we had the grappling tournament. Uh, you know, probably one of the best ever in the world. Uh, you know, won a grappling tournament at a third weight class uh, for those of you that follow that but i'm gonna buy something else so had a daughter's birthday this weekend we got to go behind the scenes at the lion habitat because one of my buddies is the veterinarian the surgeon for these lion this habitat dude i've never been so close to a lion in my life we actually fed them i was like man i'm gonna be one of those idiots on the news yeah, dude like feeding. where they go to the circus and they put their head inside and they got, you, did you do that dude, one? It, dude, so they had this thing cut outside the, on the fence and you and you threw horse meat. I finally, real, I go, why don't you guys just come clean about what this is? She goes, oh yeah, they eat so much meat, it's just ground up horse. She goes, that's what they eat most days. I said, okay, it makes sense. There's a lot of horses in the world, whatever. It doesn't bother me. We're throwing it in and this is the the biggest dude on the block. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be this idiot on the news. They're going to be like, guy at Lion Habitat had arm ripped off. Because in the middle of it, I'm going, my daughter's throwing it in there. I'm like, wow, this is real irresponsible. So here's what I'll say. Number one, Lion Habitat, not a lot of interesting stuff since they sleep 20 hours a day. I mean cool to see them and you're like i mean i'll show you some pictures you're like from from this mic to them that's cool but they're not doing anything and you know they wouldn't be in the wild they either hunt or they sleep 
So you kind of forget about that, you know, as you're in the lion habitat. So they got these birds, whatever. Let me tell you what was killing it. The giraffe. This dude basically was working for food for the whole time we were there. So they would give him like a, some broccoli and then they'd put a paintbrush in his mouth and he'd paint a t-shirt that somebody would buy. But this dude was the only one working. I mean, th this guy had the raw gig, but you know, out here, I think they saved like some MGM lions back in the day. This is where this habitat came from. Something like that. What was the, what so, were those show guys that always had lions? Siegfried and Roy, you're thinking of the tigers. Uh, those, those, that dude got mauled. Remember that tiger finally had enough and just mauled him to death or almost to death. So, uh, those types of things are still, and you know, we got this crazy aquarium in long beach that we visited that stuff's still interesting. I'm going to buy it because you watch the kids and they're like, they can't believe what's going on. Some are just not interested, but the kids that love animals, my daughter loves animals. Dude, we fed, we got to feed the giraffe. So she got to feed the giraffe, like literally out of her hand, you know, where the lion's a little more of a toss. It wasn't really a toss, but enough out of your hand. Uh, so you didn't, you didn't, I thought you were saying earlier with your story. No, no, I, thought I did. No, no, I Yeah, did. you stuck your hand all the way in and let it take yeah, yeah. it. I'm like, hey, you can have but her, she was given the toss. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't, yeah. I'm not, you're not putting your arm in there. So you didn't pull on a little bit, like play hey, a little tug of war? <laughs> no, I gave it one of these. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm close enough. You know, but yeah, the giraffe, you know, this thing's 17 foot tall, comes down, takes the lettuce out of her hand, and you go, Hey man. These things are cool. I'm going to buy it. Look, and by the way, you can't stay there very long. There's not that much to do. Yeah. So this is why it's the perfect dad thing on a Saturday because we get to celebrate her birthday. We're only there for like an hour and a half because there's not that much to do other than look at. And then everybody's kind of bored and you leave. I was like, wow, this is great. Got home. We did the birthday cake. We did the presents. All of a sudden I got all night to watch fights, football. I'm like, this is the best birthday ever. I, I got to figure out these tasks that are like an hour and a half and not, you know, 16 hours. And you so just, just kind of look two year old birthday. Is that what you said? <laughs> Dude, I was like, man, people bitch about this stuff. This has been great. Wait until I'm on. It's like, you know, three days long. And I'll be like, wow, this sucks. Uh, you went to the San Diego zoo, right? When you were in San Diego. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The safari and the zoo and SeaWorld and, I think we were going to go do that, but it was just kind of like, Hey, let's do the habitat. She's not really old enough to enjoy it. You know, just yet. San Diego zoo for me was, uh, that was coming out of Oklahoma where we have like five animals. Like, so then to see San Diego zoo, I was like, Oh, it's just like Disney world for the animals. Like this yeah, is, crazy. this place is amazing. But I always wondered what they're on. You look at these I'll lions. Have to like, be on I mean, like what kind of yeah. life is this, you know, but you know, Hey, you have fun. You take some pictures and, then you leave and you forget about them. So, you know, I mean, don't, don't try to act like we, my heart bleeds that long, you know, sucks, but they would have been euthanized anyway. So now, you know, it's not like MGM gives a shit. They're like, Hey, you know, we're done with these lions. Can you get them out of here? That's a probably a pretty good life to chill out. It's like, Dude, it's like chilling, chilling out the old people's house, right? Like <laughs> they, were, they were chilling. Yeah. I love it. All right. I'm buying also, looks like we're buying all around this, this week. I said, I'm buying uh, <laughs> I'm buying it. Those of you grew up playing sports and you, you kind of got into it a little bit more. Many times there would be that coach, right? It's that coach that's jumping in your ass. Okay. For me, that was a guy named Dave Owens. Dave Owens later, which was super cool this past uh, 
uh, Chinese Olympics. He has become the bobsledding coach of the U.S. Uh, bobsledding team. I don't think he's the official head, one of the coaches. So let me clarify. Uh, Might have been the women's coach. Um, he sent back a lot of photos, and it was cool to see uh, everything that he was doing. And I know one thing has always been part of his teaching, the way he coached was one thing that he always told us, right? You always had those sprints. You, we've seen it. Right? This is the best, right? You have seen it actually in football where people don't go all the way across the line, right? There were yeah. some of those stories, right, where somebody puts the ball down right in front of the line, then they run it all the way back, or somebody slaps it because oh, yeah. they get caught, right? Somebody wins a race because the guy in first slows up right at the end. He would yeah. preach and yell and scream to us inside of our conditioning, that we always had to cross the line. You don't give up until you're five yards past the line, but you run all the way through the line. I'm buying that. I know many of you are thinking that you're going, yeah, okay, but we're going to do this about detailing and business. Wrong. I'm buying that for the U.S. Postal Service, and I'm buying it for the people at the restaurant that well it wasn't a restaurant it's a deli but they closed and i had to go through the restaurant to find these people right these listen go all the way until five o'clock and then you shut down the computer then you turn off the lights then you close down that's the way it's been forever that's the way when i ride my car wash that's the way you did you open and you close you can start your closing duties early but you don't turn off the the door you don't shut the door you don't turn off the computer until it's time to close i show up two to three minutes four or five minutes to multiple locations everybody's got their doors closed i tried to go to the post office literally four minutes early everything closed and they pointed over to this place i had to just go put some stuff like it's still open hours you gotta finish your day finish your day strong people let's go I'm buying finishing strong all the way through the finish line. Don't close at five. I'm there trying to buy something. Stay open for three more minutes. Marty's the guy that we all hated when we had our job at 16. That was like, Hey, uh, I'm trying to go home. And Marty shows up trying to buy some stuff at the store. It's like, Hey, uh, look, you know, you and I've talked about this. We, experience the world during the pandemic because you and I never really shut down. None of our businesses yeah. shut down. We really had to operate life as usual. This is becoming life as usual, right? Is that get to a place really early in the day because you don't know. Uh this is happening a lot out here, you know, not to to go whine and cry, but even a place like Chick-fil-A out here used to be 24-7. They're not 24-7 by my office anymore. You'll go and they'll just be cones and it's random times when they open and it's a staffing issue. Um, I'm not a big Chick-fil-A guy, as you know, I just had to drive by it to get to work, but you used to see lines at five 30 in the morning. Now it's not even open. Listen, everybody that's going to meet up with you at SEMA, they're going to have to get over the costume. You wear that, you wear the cow costume every other weekend. Don't, don't, kid, <laughs> yeah, the Chick-fil-A don't kid everybody. Hey, like, Chick-fil-A stinks. I, I, that's the hot take I have. But anyway, yeah, I mean, you're right. You get to places now and you just don't know. And out here, that's a bizarre thing over the last, you know, when I first got here, nothing was ever closed. Never was no such thing. If it was a consumer good, never closed, never. And now always closed. The people that were closed during, during the, the pandemic are, are reopening with massive struggles. 
Oh, and I don't yeah. mean reopening this month. I mean, they're reopened in 2021, but it's 2022. And we still have yet to figure out how to keep people inside of a location until the time to close the location. Yeah, dude. It's, but you watched it for two years and now it's on to a third year and it, it may be forever. Like, this is one of those things. Like I have this conversation in my house all the time and people are like, can you believe it? I'm like, yes. Stop saying that. Yes, I can believe it. There's not one thing after the last three years you're going to say to me that I'm like, yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Stop asking me that. Yes, I believe it. <laughs> All right. So we launched something today, and it's kind of ironically funny that we launched something that, well, you said you haven't actually used in 10 years. And over the past years, I've multiple people constantly ask me, when are we coming out with a glass cleaner? I'm like, oh, I don't know, sometime. Like, it, yeah. it just never was a big deal. It was like, yep. you know, we'll get to it. it. Like, But glass cleaning actually has some major problems that it does, does arrive. Like, the process of cleaning glass, you have to do. Because, listen, after you've washed the car, whatever you've done, the final part is usually always has to be glass. Yeah, right? I mean, we just did a full PPF body wrap on a car. The last thing we did on that car was clean the glass. Right. What you're, you're, what's the biggest problem though that happens there? If when somebody's cleaning glass, what are the what's the biggest problem you've seen? Well, I think there's no doubt. If you pull out glass on a sunny day, you you finish it in your shop, or maybe you were under a tree, you know, doing mobile detailing, you know, getting in the shade and you pull it in the sun and you go, Oh God, what why do these look so bad? Right? Like that streaking that you go, man, that paint looks great wow, that glass looks like shit. That's a big problem, right? Because the everyone's eyes are drawn to it. You know, that's kind of why everybody that polishes does a one-step quick polish, whether it's an AIO or just, you know, a quick polish, like, you know, one step. You should always polish glass, even if it's just a little bit, because the gleaming of the paint next to a dull piece of glass will kind of be like, sometimes on some cars will go, what's off? What's the glass? So I think glass cleaning, there's two things, heavy lint on glass, leaving a lot of lint behind, but also that streaking, that dirty look to the window. Those are the two things that we see as the biggest things that draw away from your detail. Mm -hmm. uh, and many times the problem that people have while they're using glass cleaner, I think the biggest problem people have while they're using glass cleaner is usually they try and put too much on. They try and put yeah. it in too small of a space. They don't have enough of movement. You know, what I love about our, our mist sprayer, and as you do it in the videos and as I do in the videos, listen, as you're pulling the trigger, you just move your hand a little bit. Yep. Don't pull the trigger and leave it stationary and oversaturate an area. Yeah, because then what happens is your towel picks that up all at once, right? So now you're kind of like smearing it instead of spread it. You know, it's just a weird thing. Uh, yeah, the overuse of glass cleaner, especially ones that are, more traditional, you know, where, where the industry really has been in this, like, let's just call it that Windex type of base of glass cleaner. Uh, that's the easiest way to call it, right? That bluish greenish, you know, really heavy smelling window cleaner. It's just outdated. You know, we've advanced in so many areas, but we didn't really advance in glass cleaner. And that was the thing you and I struggled with is like, what are we going to do here? And we fought it really for two years. I mean, it wasn't until we got the glass towel that I think our brain shifted into saying, let's finalize this thing. 
we kind of had some working stuff and we weren't committed to it. And then we finally said, okay, let's dial this in to our specifications. Once we got the, the perfect glass towel, I mean, until then I never used a glass towel and I wasn't using glass cleaner. As soon as I got that glass towel, I kind of went, okay, I, I can see a plan here. Yeah. We had both absolutely, but you, you first were like, dude, this towel is unbelievable. Yeah. Because I never, every glass towel and let's call it waffle weave. That was the number one glass towel. I still found things I didn't like. And a lot of it was grabbiness with glass cleaner and a waffle weave. And you'd kind of hear it drag on the glass and you could just feel the lint being, I know what everybody's going to say. Well, it's a lint free towel. Not really until you wash it enough times. And it isn't one time, you know, a waffle weave only really got good. Like after five to 10 washes. So now I got to wait to break it in. And I got these other towels going out of the rotation. And I just kind of felt like you were always fighting it. Uh, and if you used a regular towel, same thing, you'd have to, you know, even if you used a low pile, something like our uh, leveler, you know, you'd still have to wash it plenty to get all that lint out because it's just natural. Right. And then we got the perfect glass towel. And I'm like, I've never seen lint doesn't exist. It's not a lint based towel. So I go, okay. And now here we are. I mean, and again, there's nothing sexy about glass cleaner. Let's be honest. There's not a lot to hype up here. No, there's not. It's mostly all struggles and problems. It yeah. really is. Like glass so cleaning. It sounds and glass like you're clean. bitching about glass cleaning. It's all it seems to be, right? Glass is usually always negative. I, For me, one of the biggest negatives was you mentioned those waffle weaves, and it's what made me think of it is, you know, there was those diamond weaves too. And yeah. did you ever get where you pushed over into a corner, then you went down and you came back and looked and you saw the imprint of yeah. the towel? inside of the glass where the yeah. streak or whatever was still on the glass and you go what just happened yeah no it's it's miserable and, and look when you and i started in detailing one of the craziest things was i never used a towel on glass for like years oh, yeah. because we use newspaper you use basically a foaming glass cleaner and newspaper and then there was like some cloth baby diaper trick that i used but even that kind of lint you know, you had to get through multiple washes. I mean, the evolution of glass cleaning from newspaper use to now is very different, but it's, st I still see a lot of cars on the road that I know have been freshly detailed. And I'm like, man, that detailer worked hard. The paint's looking good. Then you look at the glass and you go, wow, I hear, I feel you, man. Like you, you just don't have that process dialed yet. And, and what we're hoping is we can kind of just give you a one-stop solution on it and you can walk about your day and be done with it. There's no doubt for me, and maybe uh, many listeners uh, like us have heard this, but maybe they haven't because we've actually had people that have come onto the pub and come on to different things, and they say that they do perfect job and they never have any issues. I myself have actually had some problems with streaking glass. It has been a thing. And my team members, not everybody has team members. I've had team members, you know, team members and glass. Oh, never mixes. And by the way, the craziest thing about detailing on the internet is these guys are perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, the community club, I mean, never, never had a streaking glass. I mean, that's gotta be the first detailer ever, ever. Like that's, that's just not even. Cause well. the comments I would get from customers that were upset were as soon as they would leave, they'd hit that sun. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. 99.9% right? of early everything. complaints mm -hmm. on a detail will always be glass. Yep. They won't be able to look through their internet or, excuse me, their interior. They won't be able to look through their exterior. Quit, you know, they'll get that later. That sun into the windshield, number one complaint of any detail shop, of any express detail like a car wash it doesn't matter that's the number one but we got a lot of guys in the community that are killing it on glad never even had yeah. one streak that's crazy community yeah it's I amazing get, I what people that. can do inside a community right <laughs> uh, now a lot of people are here's good. here's where maybe their problems arise and this is what i think is going to be a very fascinating discussion for people nick do you think that you know or what's your thoughts because this maybe you don't think this like okay maybe not um do sometimes people try to get too much out of glass cleaner like oh, I, know, I know there's there's definitely parts of a, a car that we've all seen it you got your footprints somebody maybe has set their oh, yeah. footprints on the the part of the yeah the windshield you've got oh gosh I mean, you've got smokers i mean we talk people non-stop it's a thing for glass cleaner and they'll say and it cuts through the smoke right no it doesn't it cuts through the smoke or you've mentioned, which is an interesting thing we've all seen. What about those fun customers who have those furry four-legged creatures in the back of their car that love to stick their nose, love to lick glass oh, yeah. all over it? And I mean, thing, a glass cleaner should be perfectly fine to clean all that, right? No. Um, this is probably the biggest cause of those of you struggling. And we've all, again, not the few people on the community pub who are perfect, but there's everyone struggled with glass. The times you struggle with glass, you're trying to get a lot out of a glass cleaner. That's not really designed to do that. Glass cleaners designed to finish off glass, give you that perfect streak free glass, the more grime and dirt that it's got to cut through the times that you have to do glass. Those are the times you look back and go, man, that's when the windshield really fought me. You know, that's when I had to do it mm -hmm. 10 times. That's when I was constantly looking and still never got perfect. So when glass is dirty to the level of there's been dog slobber on the back window for six months, there's been smokers in there for the last year and it hasn't been cleaned there probably has to be a, a sense of, okay, when I get the best results on my glass on the exterior, do I take it right out of the mud puddle and use glass cleaner or do I clean the whole vehicle and then use glass cleaner as a last step product? Again, it's slick best used for going to a dirty vehicle and spraying it down or at the end of after I cleaned it off. It's a last step product. Glass cleaner is a last step product. It's not an, it's not a middle of the show product. It's not the dirty work product. That's not, that's where we've kind of put guys in a, in a failure position. Because, because it can't, it can't do everything. You can't ask a glass cleaner to leave perfect sparkly glass and deep clean the glass on a but very it's been that way for fucking like 40, 50 years. And nobody's had good glass. That's the whole thing. And that's, there's one reason why we didn't do concentrate. Let's, let's make this clear on our glass cleaner. You and I have worked with concentrates forever. It is not scalable to use a concentrate. You want to know why? I don't care what system you put in place. Somebody's going to do two pumps instead of one. And now your whole fleet 
has streaky glass. That's how finicky glass cleaning solutions are. You and I've watched it our entire career. We want to pour it in, go right to work. But also, let's go back to the smoker's vehicle. Let's That inside windshield on a smoker's vehicle, Marty, is jail, right? Until I take Eco One, a really diluted APC, Revive, and go clean the glass off on the interior. Oh, like clean it first. Yes. Like deep oh. clean it first. Because again, if you look at tinting your window, you know how many cleaning steps are properly of a really high level tint shop? It's a lot of cleaning. And that's even when the, cla- the glass is, is ready to go. They continue to clean it, continue to clean it, and then they lay the tint. But their last step is, is some type of, let's call it alcohol-based cleaning. But it isn't till they've already done all the, the pre-cleaning of, let's take soap and water in a, in a, in a what do they call it, a scratch pad, and go over the window and then squeegee it off. Their last step product is like a glass cleaner in, in very simple form. And so if a window tinter who cleans glass all day prior to installation is telling you to deep clean the glass before your last step product. That's what we really should have been doing all along for success. Now, again, properly maintained vehicles, vehicles that are pretty damn clean. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about vehicles guys have struggles with, and it's usually vehicles that they don't clean the interior windows first. And the struggle sometimes actually is because the glass cleaner, not only maybe people when they're using it are trying to do too much with it. Also, maybe the glass cleaner itself is trying to think that it can do more than it really should. And the problems with streaking, the problems with people usually, right? It's those heavy pumps, it's oversaturation, but it can also be the mixture is just not refined enough. And when you go and wipe it on the vehicle, the paint, the glass, I'm sorry, not the paint. When you wipe it on the glass, if you feel that little bit of tug, if you feel some friction, as you said, see some lint, well, you know that you don't have a good smooth working time. And what does, this isn't lubrication in a sense, but we've got to understand the idea of having a glass cleaner with a little bit of, let's just call it quote unquote lubrication. Yep. And it's not so heavy on the friction it's going to give us even, it's just going to give us better results the same as it does on paint. Yeah, no, we, we've treated glass like what we want to do is put this alcohol solution with water and that's a good glass cleaner. Yes. And then the industry's no. done that. Yeah, yeah. And then no, because the reality is as detailer, you're trying to leave a better than new finish, right? That's what we're all, we're always trying to get somebody's car to look better. So when you use an alcohol or ammonia heavy solution, it gets very dry. That's what I call it. It's like dry wine. You know, you put it in your mouth, you're like, man, this is kind of like makes me even more thirsty. Same would happen on your glass, right? You put a, a, a very dry solution on there. Your towel is grabbing. It's you're now having to spray a ton of solution just to get your towel to move. It's not really cleaning the way it should because now you're fighting towel lubrication, getting it across the surface. All of that stuff is negative, which is why I abandoned glass cleaners years ago. And I tried everything that existed. Concentrates, ready to use. This company has it figured out. And what I realized is the base of it all was wrong. 
that's what we realized when we formulated ours. This has been formulated in our facility by you and I from the ground up. What we realized is the improper amount of cleaning. Let's say I have too harsh a cleaner in my, in my uh, solution. When what's going to happen, I'm going to get streaking. If I have no lubrication, I'm going to get linting. If I don't really explain to my consumer to not try to use glass cleaner to do too much, I'm going to get a bad result. The funny thing is, is if all this stuff doesn't align, you're not going to get top tier glass. We detail a lot of cars, man. We have a pretty damn good process. The one thing I can tell you is when you put this in your hand and you put it on glass, you'll, the simplicity is unbelievable. And really the power is in simplistic. Pour it into your bottle, 32 ounce or buy a 16, whatever. Move on with your life. This is now a process that's ready to go and you're going to have great success with it. All right. So you said you've been a, been a big fight fan for a long time. You not only it's MMA, but also in martial arts as well boxing, as uh, yeah, boxing sure. also, right? Like you're into fighting. It's yeah. cool. What I think is really interesting in fighting is when you see those guys that get their shot, they get oh, their yeah. chance. Uh, I watched this reel this past weekend that was uh, about a guy named, you know, I'd never seen him. So I don't, I don't know where he's at in the part of the boxing world, but it's Andy, the destroyer or Andy underscore destroyer. I don't know. Do you yeah. have you Andy do, Lee? Yeah. Is it Andy Lee? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, I saw the reel and I just thought this was so cool. He's a guy that didn't have a shot, but he got a shot. He got a chance and we've seen it, right? We've seen these dudes that are, well, let's just call him the John Daly of boxing. You're yeah. like, how's this guy in the ring? Like, it makes no sense at all. Like, how's he here? What's he doing? But sometimes these guys can do it, right? Oh, yeah. They can, this guy to watch what he did is just, Dude, oh, it's awesome. That's, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, that's what it's all about, getting a shot. So this guy and many others that are getting their shot, we should also think of them, maybe look to ourselves a little bit, right? Like in business, we don't really get too many shots to do something. No. As humans, we don't get too many shots. It's actually so amazing that many of us are in business because so many millions of other people don't get the shot and they don't get to do it. Oh, yeah. I find it curiously odd when I watch this guy and watch people that are in the boxing world that, you know, they get their shot and listen, they don't cover up anything. He understands that it was his chance. Oh, he yeah. understands that it's his moment. He understands that there's no reason to lie about it. Like, I find it fascinating the amount of people that, seem to have a journey and aren't really proud of their journey. They actually, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I've had some guests on the podcast, two very great guys. We like them. And we had a really interesting conversation about baking it till you make it. Yeah. Why the need do you think you got people like this guy, the boxer guy that comes out of nowhere, doesn't fake a thing. Like you've got people that don't fake. Like, why do you yep. think there's a need inside of our industry or just in general for people to fake it? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I don't know. They think it's credibility. Um, you know, a lot of people in our industry don't put two and two together on things so you can get away with it. We've watched guys get away with it for a long time. I mean, you know, for those of us that have been in the industry a long time, there's a running joke about certain personalities in our industry that if you heard the behind the scenes conversations of guys that really know it, 
it's pretty dark and pretty hilarious at the same time because you realize people are being listened to who have really faked it for a lot of years. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's cool that you can remember times when you had a thousand bucks or 500 bucks to your name and you got out of it. Uh, I think it's cool that you went to a dealership and, and, and you got an account and you did certain work there, but you don't have to lie about what the amount is. I think the, the cool thing is to share the real of it. Uh, but Marty, I think in our industry, we're not putting two and two together. That's why guys are doing it. There's a value in it. I mean, I can, you and I can name off the top of our head with another 10 guys out there that are real industry guys that can go, here's 15 names that, that their story doesn't add up. And it isn't because we're out to get somebody. It's because we've listened to what they've said and go, Hey, we were there. That's not how it went. <laughs> it, it really isn't because we know the people were just like, yeah, that's not how that part of the industry works. Like you're just making something up. But again, if I'm 25 years old and I'm just getting my start and I like somebody as a person, I'm not going to look into that stuff. But the problem is when you go through tough times and you've listened to the wrong people, guess what, man, there's a penalty to be paid. And you and I've all, I, I've listened to the wrong people in my career and it's cost me big. It has, uh, you got to dig out of holes that bad advice and, and, you know, you got to be proud of where you're at man. who cares? Like, you know, if you're out there just getting your start, be proud of your start. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. I mean, and it, it is interesting. And part of it, the reason why we're having this discussion is as we see people, listen, I watched the real, this guy that's a boxer. We watch things from people all the time online. Why the need? Right. This is something you and I ask ourselves all the time. Like we get it for some things when people want to fudge the truth, when it comes to where you do your business at. Yeah. Why do you need, why do you need to cover up that you're at a certain location? Why do you, if, if you failed at something, why do you need to cover that up? I, I, I gave a response when they, these people talk about faking to you make, and I go, listen, I, I've been very open. I was early, early on as I got on social media, I actually found it better to put out the reality. Many times yeah. people would say, wow, you're, you're so open. I'm like, listen, we, we had problems with our, you know, remember we were talking earlier about hyperclean S X and I, I mean, the amount of bags that we were having problems with, it was, it was such a, it was such a great feat. People talked about it as it was a cool idea and everything was great, but, but it had problems and openly yeah. shared about the problems and talked about how we were trying to fix them, things we were trying to do. It created yeah. a great story of what was going on inside the company. And that, and by the way, that all changes. You mature as a company and then those stories aren't so flattering because you're way yeah. further in business. Of course. Um, but they're all, they're flattering when they're flattering. Like, Hey, this guy's working through some things. Uh, look, man. I mean, a lot of people that fake it till they make it, they've inherited things. I mean, when you inherit a business and you don't have to build it from the ground up, you have a different reality than the other guy. It's not a negative. Uh, but I think a lot of that comes from insecurity. Look, man, I've had a lot of screw ups in 12 years in business. <laughs> my screw ups outweigh my great decisions. I'm okay with it. Like I, that's why I can get on here confidently. We, we have this conversation internally all the time. It's not hard for me to talk about cars and detailing. Cause I've actually done it for a long time. You find others really struggle to talk intelligently who supposedly been doing it a long time. What's that tell you? 
you're the one that's got to pick up on it. I've always say this about our podcast. And I think this is a funny thing to keep saying because I want people to understand none of this shit affects me negatively. If somebody goes out and lies and you follow them, it doesn't do anything negative to me. My career is set. My business is good. I know how to make money in this business. I know where I'm at. Doesn't mean I can't improve, but that largely doesn't affect me. So when I speak out on these things or I say my opinion, I want people to realize there's no hatred in any of this. What it is is me just telling you, if you pay attention, you'll see stories that don't add up. And that's what all the guys that have experience in this industry joke about over text message. The biggest jokes over text message amongst detailing guys are, can you believe this guy said this? We were all there. That's not how it happened. You have a laugh. You're not being negative towards a person. You're not talking about going out and destroying the person, but you are behind the scenes going, man, that young guy, if he catches on to the wrong person could be pretty negative for their career. And if they don't dig out of it, you know, they could be out of the industry for sure. And, and that's got to trickle down, right? It has to trickle down. If somebody's faked it to you and you've took in their information, it's going to be very, very difficult to filter that out and, and not create something that's habitually wrong for you. And we're having some incredible conversations here at HyperClean with people out in community. One thing that almost every single person is saying, well, they're hearing from others, other businesses, other people struggling, other things happening. And if they themselves will invest the time and work hard at what they're going to accomplish, yeah, they're going to be okay. So you got to ask the question then, at least I think so, then what do you do with your time? If your journey isn't so much about faking it, and I know it was your journey to get here. So listen, then, then the practicality of what we want to talk about out socially and in public, I guess you really got a question. I mean, do you do you ever put a filter in that? I mean, do you do, you do things just to do it or well, you do it? I mean, well, I what do you do? One, the number one thing that we see is this is like the social media conundrum, right? You can go on Facebook and watch guys and gals post all day on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. Doesn't matter. They're right. You know, I've never cared if people posted a lot or a little. Uh, you know, it's their business, it's their time. But we get asked constantly, what do you do on social media? And I tell people, hey, look, years ago, I made the decision to build through local channels, to build, build through local avenues, and it worked for me. Not saying it works for everybody, but I can tell you what doesn't work. Doing social media because somebody told you to do it. Uh, Google's a business. Facebook's a business. And businesses make money. Do you think they're really interested in you posting for free on their platform as another business? Or, and there's a big or here, are they expecting you to spend some money to play the game? Are they expecting you to spend time and make high quality content? Because what we're seeing now internally at HyperClean is there's a huge reward for high quality content and they are degrading low quality content. So the old days of spin your phone around and talk into it, it didn't work back then. And now these companies are saying we've had enough. There's too much information out there. Go out there, put your time, effort and money in and build a great page. 
So I think social media is the the perfect platforms to look at and say, I think a lot of guys do it because somebody told them to do it. Not because they, they've really tried to work at it. And I bowed out of it once I realized it was pay for play. I realized I could spend my money and effort better somewhere else. It doesn't mean it's right. But people go on my social media and go, you don't spend a lot of time on VR social media. I go, hey, we're too busy. Now I'd be taking away from actually things that are making me money. If I needed to do that, I would absolutely be doing it. But I would be doing it with an open mind of how much money and effort it's going to take. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into that for a little bit here as we're about to close down, because I think that there will be listeners. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go beyond thinking to go. I know there's going to be listeners that are going, hmm. Okay. But so what am I going to put out? What should I do? How many should I put out? What, 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 right? They're going to start asking a bunch of these questions. And listen, I'm going to be up front. I I think so. I listen. Hey, I'll go ahead and be frank today. Yeah, we know. I'm going to be frank. Johnny jokester over there. Let's be frank. (laughs) If I'm going to be frank, I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, listen, I used to put out a ton. For me, it was sometimes I want to put out 10 videos a day. Then we went to six. Then we went to three. I needed to know what it was like to build it out. I needed to know what it was like to put out that many videos. I needed to churn through me and then a team member and see what we could do. You came in and we began to adjust that. And that adjustment came with some questions with exactly, which is kind of sort of where we're headed at the end of this conversation is, okay, well, what does it look like to build out a better quality video and not so much into how many different videos? Yep. I say that because I know that there's listeners that go, I put out great videos. I spent a lot of time. I put this out. I take whether it's about a tire, whether it's about their views of God, whether it's about their views of politics. I mean, detailers put out so many random things. They put out a ton, right? They love to put out their views. Oh, yeah. So, but we want to have purpose. Is there a balance? And there has to be. I know there's not a golden answer, but we chose one. We chose one post and one video a day. It's what we chose. So that we can make sure that we put out the absolute best that our company could do. So how do we, your input, your views, somebody that's listening, no need to do it just to do it. No need to put out so many videos about random stuff, your views on everything. No need to do all that just to do it. Oh, no, no. What about the simplicity of one amazing and i don't mean hey you know i took a whole video of it right go look at content creators people that are creating content learn about role learn about the ways angles learn about how to do voiceovers learn about transitions learn about everything the only way you can learn is to do it is to do it yeah uh personal views on your pages that are your business I never going to agree with that. Why would I want to alienate a percentage of the population? I don't know who's liberal, who's Republican, neither do you. 
you know, just because they got a flag on the back of their truck doesn't mean you know other views or whatever. Uh, that just would be a no-go. The next thing is, if you're talking about how much you're grinding, everyone knows you're not that busy. There's just a little two cents for all the, the cats out there that, that are, they call it grind porn. They talk about how early they get up. Guys that get up early don't get on their phone and post how early they get up. That's just not how it goes. Um, I know somebody's going to point to Jocko Willink, and he made it famous. He would take a picture of his watch. Folks, he took a picture of his watch. He wasn't talking on the phone. He wasn't. He did it as motivation. Uh, I, I think a lot of people don't understand the time and money investment into making a good video. And when you go and you start to learn about it, what you learn is I'm going to invest a lot of time, which is in turn as a business person money. Then I'm going to have to invest money to get the videos out there by buying ads or pushing the video through different platforms. All, that's all really awesome to do, but don't kid yourself on the game. That's the game. And so you'd be better off putting one great video out a month than to put a hundred crappy pieces of content out. The, these, platforms are making it very clear if you're if your video shot in 4k and it's done with a good voiceover and it's done you know shooting it really well they're going to help you they're not going to do all of it but they're going to help you and so one of the frustrating things when i get asked is i have to keep repeating myself it certainly works if you actually do it on that high level because this stuff of we watch guys sitting in their van talking, cool, man, it's not my life. Who are you talking to? What is it getting your business? Is it just a headache? Is it just for likes? Is it returning you money? Marty, we have this conversation really pretty heavily over the last 90 to 120 days inside. There's a lot of guys creating content that can't tell you why they're creating it. They're just doing it. Hey, man, cool. I'm glad you're having a good time. You're going to look back in a couple of years and see all those hours you wasted. Those don't come back. You don't get them back. And so I value time 12 years into my business so much that when you and I have somebody that's late for a meeting, a lot of times we'll just cancel it. True or false. Yeah, like true. that's how much I value my time. You're three minutes late. I'm out. I don't have three minutes. This is not an ego thing. It's like, that's how much I value time. And you'll find that the people that make a lot of money, that's what they value the most because they realize time is money and they realize. So think about all the hours you're screwing around on TikTok. If there's an end goal and that end goal may change as you get more and more information, but starting those things with no end goal is a very strange thing to me. And it's just not something I do knowing what I know about social media now and the effort that it takes. It's a lot of brain power and effort and your details take longer. You know, let's say you can wash a car in an hour, go video it. Marty, you and I talk about this all the time. Go video washing a car. I mean, now it's a two, three, four hour process in some cases. Look, man, it's no joke. It's worth it. If you actually spend the time and the effort and the money to do it. Hmm. You think that's the big one? That's the if part. Oh, dude the effort thing. Yeah. The money and the effort. I mean, that come on, Marty, you and I've got so much. It's, it's been awesome. The experiences we've had over the last year or two years, I can't explain how much it's helped me. It's shaped me getting all yeah. this information. 
And when we try to share it, I'm not sharing it as a know-it-all because I certainly don't know it all. What I know is what I know, and it's a pay-for-play effort and talent game. And if you got the talent, you got the effort, and you got the money, you can make money at it. If you don't have one of those three things, you're going to struggle on those platforms. But it's my journey, and I want to tell everybody about it. Hey, it's your page, man. Do what you got to do. It's your life. I'm just saying we get asked about people struggling. Hey, I've been doing this, but I'm still not getting all the business. And at, at the bottom of that well is always some type of social media time that we watch guys spend a lot of time doing and not thinking through. That's usually at the bottom of that struggle bucket that you and I hear of why they're struggling. It's usually bad ideas in business. I'm trying to sell $3,500 coatings and I live in this one place and the average ticket's $200 or it's my time is being spent on social media and I'm not seeing anything out of it. Those are the two basis of bad business ideas and then bad use of time. And by the way, I've been guilty of both of them. <laughs> so not, not those exact ones, but I've been guilty of a lot of bad decisions and you learn from that. And if you do have them, don't air them out for everybody to know. Yeah, just <laughs> hey man, just keep it moving, right? Just keep it moving. Like, you know, it, things happen, man, and and your mistakes are gonna what is what leads you to success if you get out of them, right? If you just keep going down a hole, and keep but I, going I think down it's hole, funny where people it's it's like they have this theory that if I keep telling people about how hard it's been and how much I've had to overcome and you know like the struggles of overcoming this addiction and the overcoming of this. It's like, for some reason, they feel that if they will air all their laundry, then people will have sympathy and they'll want to buy their service. It's odd the way that one plus one doesn't equal two in that situation. No, people look down on you. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's exactly what happens. I mean, I kind of have prided myself that my personal life is not on the internet because I, I, I saw years ago how destructive it was to family and friends. And I saw Facebook when I, I saw it turn negative, you know, I saw it happen because I was there at the beginning of Facebook and I was lucky enough to be there. Now I'm like, I watch guys 60 years old acting crazy on Facebook. Like this isn't 20 year old problems. I mean, we watch the craziest shit on Facebook. No questions asked. I watch guys just say things and I'm like, and then on the same token, they'll talk about professionalism. And I'm like, on the last post, all you did was went off on the president for like, you know, a whole post, but you're going to be the preacher of professionalism. Like, dude, that doesn't go together. And other people notice it. But like minds, you know, come together and they scream about the same things. And that's what makes the internet great and dangerous all at the same time, right? Like, hey, you can find somebody that's just as dumb as you. And you can find somebody just as dumb as you. Like, that's that's the positive and the negative in the internet all wrapped up into one. It's ironically the algorithm keeps showing me those people. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, if you're into a guy screaming and yelling on a, you, on a Facebook Live, like, dude, we're not the same. <laughs> That guy's not killing it. Like I said, if a guy can't hang a TV when the wires aren't showing, not killing it. Let me let me give you that tip here, boys. I mean, <laughs> that's that's not what happens when you're killing it, just so we're clear. 
Love it. All right, guys, everybody go check out glass cleaner, hypercleanstore.com launch today. It will absolutely be a different experience for you and you'll feel it. You'll see it and you'll experience how an overbuilt glass cleaner would go for you. Thanks, Nick, thanks so much, brother. Uh, what a speaking of journey. What a great journey with that glass cleaner. You're right. Built, designed, structured all right here. And it is something that no one else has. It is an overbuilt glass cleaner. And by the way, most of our stuff coming is ground up, made in America, only at HyperClean. So it's going to be pretty interesting as they, people see our transformation. I'm really excited. And this is a cool product. I mean, I know it's boring, but it's necessary in your arsenal. So thanks for supporting us guys and you know we'll see you next week all right see you man all right community this is marshall what a great episode hey and if you're a little bit of like me well then you're proud of your journey you're proud of where you've grown you're proud of the work that you've put in the accomplishments that you've achieved hmm. if you're a little bit like me you go cool what's next how do I keep going? We are seeing without a doubt, zero doubt whatsoever, that some of the greatest feats that people are making inside of their business, inside of car care, inside of what they're doing, is becoming a hyperclean specialist distributor, right? That's what it is. Being able to have the idea of seeing an area and going, all right, I'm here in my local town. Let's call it St. Louis. I'm here in Memphis. I'm in Seattle. You name it. I'm in Houston. I'm in Phoenix. I'm in Denver. Wherever. And you go, hey, I see an opportunity for somebody at a car show, for these car clubs. I think I can do this. You guys have great products. And with me on this local level, out of the car shows, out talking to people, hmm, okay. No need to do something just to do it. Having a journey, something that you're proud of, you hear things like that, and then you see all the cars in your area. Be proud of your journey as a detailer, and we know that detailers have the absolute best way of selling products because you use them nonstop. You know how to educate people on using products. So come on, reach out. Go to hypercleanstore.com and fill out the form. Let's talk about distribution. See how you can take advantage of what you see in your local market. Hey, this is Marshall, and I hope you make it a great day.